Amen. I ask you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the book of 1 John. 1 John, chapter 2. Well, you're finding that. I can't help but remember when uh, they were singing that song that Jesus never fails. There was a little fellow in my first church um, that had led the music there for 130 years, I think, before I got there. And by the time I arrived, he had developed Alzheimer's and was um, in pretty bad shape. Uh, but he was faithful to be in his church. Now, he had on that Atlanta's Falcon jacket even in the middle of July because he was always freezing. Uh, but uh, every now and then, he'd uh, decide he'd, he'd want to sing. And I said, okay, dude, if you want to sing, you come on up. And he'd come up to the pulpit, and I, I don't know if it was the only song you remember or, or what it was, but he'd come up, and uh, I still and I'm not going to sing it to you. Uh, and he still sang it pretty good, even in his condition. But I remember the, the only line he got out, he'd say, sun, sun and moon may pass away, but Jesus never fails. And he'd go sit down. And I thought, well, if that's all he remembers, that's, he's in good shape, uh, if that's what he remembers. 1 John chapter 2. We're going to, uh, some of you may, if you watch much television, you know there's a, uh, a thing they do sometimes, I believe they call them crossovers, where they take like, say there's a doctor's show over here, and they'll take one of the doctors off of that show and have them come over here and they'll be on this show. And, you know, they're doing, they're, the only thing they're trying to do is get the, the fans from each show to watch the other one and get them started on that. But a, a crossover, uh, that's the nearest thing I could think of to what, uh, what we're about to uh, enter in in 1 John. This series that we've been talking about, 1 John, uh, John writes, uh, so that you may know. That, that's the, uh, the purpose uh, of uh, his writing. Uh, but for the next uh, few weeks, uh, we're going to look at a, a series within the series. Um, and John's going to give us, beginning in uh, chapter 2 here, uh, some tests of our testimony. Uh, one of the things, again, John uh, wants us to do is to know uh, that we are uh, a child of God. Uh, I don't think anybody ever walked up to John and, uh, and said, Hey, John, are you going to heaven when you die? And John looked at him and said, well, I hope so. Uh, you know, John said, you know, John, when somebody asked him that question, he said, absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, somebody walked up to John and said, John, uh, are you saved? Well, I believe so. No, John said, absolutely no question, no doubt. I am a child of the king. John, uh, and he wanted us to have uh, that same confidence and uh, security. And so uh, what he's going to do is he says, I'm going to give you uh, some ways uh, of, of measuring uh, to see if you have a relationship with God. Uh, and they are, uh, to some extent, very blunt. John does not uh, mix words. We're, we're talking about uh, something extremely uh, serious here. This is uh, uh, a matter of eternity, uh, whether or not we truly have a relationship uh, with, uh, with Christ or not. 
And so John says, you may not like some of these. Uh, you may not like some of what I'm about to say, uh, but you need to see these things. You need to hear these things. And you need to be honest uh, as you answer uh, these questions. And so uh, there's actually seven of them uh, that we're going to look at, seven different things that John uh, lays out here uh, that are tests uh, of our testimony. Relax, we're not going to look at all seven of them today. Uh, but uh, there are uh, seven of them because I know that uh, some of you can't wait to get to buy your father's lunch. And so uh, I don't want to hold you up. Uh, but uh, we're only going to look at one of them today, uh, and that is the issue uh, of obedience. Uh, are we obedient? John says you really want to know uh, if you have a relationship with God, you want to know about your salvation. You want to know whether uh, you're a child of God or not. Uh, he says, here's how you can tell. Are you obedient to God? Uh, are, are you obeying His commands? And so hopefully you found your place now. Uh, I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read, beginning in 1 John uh, chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse uh, 3. Uh, John writes there. He says, and hereby we do know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you this morning for your word. Uh, God, we thank you that you don't leave us to wonder and to hope and to guess uh, about our relationship with you, uh, but you have made it clear in your word how we can be saved uh, and how we can know uh, that we are saved. And God, I pray this morning uh, that you will speak to me and through me uh, to, to your people today to accomplish your purpose. And we'll give you the honor uh, for it all, for it's in Jesus' lovely name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. How do we know if we really know God? Uh, I've said before it would be really cool uh, if uh, our heads were like parking meters. Uh, some of you are not old enough to remember parking meters, but uh, you remember uh, uptown years ago, the parking meters, when your time ran out, the little red flag popped up, and they knew to come give you a parking ticket. It would be really cool if on top of our head, uh, everybody, when they accepted Christ, when, when uh, they asked Jesus Christ to come into their heart, uh, that a little red flag would pop up on their head, and then we'd know. Uh, you know, we, we'd know what we were dealing with. And, you know, if we walked around and saw somebody, no little red flag, we'd know they need Jesus. And, you know, we'd understand why they act the way they do. Uh, if they had a little red flag uh, and they wasn't acting right, we'd know they need to straighten up. You know, uh, it'd be really cool. But we don't have that. And so how can uh, we know uh, if we have uh, a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ? And some would take that question and they would come back and say, well, can we really know? 
can a person genuinely know uh, if they have a relationship uh, with God? Or do we have to, uh, you know, wait till it all, uh, you know, everything, till, till we die? Do we have to wait till the end and find out then? If we, you know, when we stand before God, that's when we'll find out. Uh, you know, there, there are some who would uh, come back. But I want you to notice something uh, in uh, just these few short verses uh, that we looked at this morning. Notice, if you will, how many times, and John likes this word. Notice, count them up. Mark them if you want to. If you, if you don't mind writing in your Bible, uh, mark them. It really doesn't. I, I think I, I looked at several. Uh, it doesn't really matter which translation you use. Uh, but you will see that John uses the word no four different times. Uh, in, in those few verses. He uh, puts those out there. And uh, again, in, in that text, he says, by this, uh, we know that we have come to know him. We know that we know. Anybody ever heard that phrase? You say something about salvation. And they'll say, well, I know that I know. Well, John used it first. John said you can know uh, that you know. By this, may you know that you are in him. John doesn't use any um, wishy-washy words. He says, I want you to, uh, to know your salvation is not a matter uh, of guesswork. It's not a matter uh, of hope so. Uh, John says it is a matter uh, of knowing. You don't have to worry. You don't have to wonder. Uh, one of the Satan's greatest tools uh, I believe is to get believers to uh, question and wonder uh, about their salvation. One of Satan's greatest weapons is, is to climb up on uh, believers' shoulders and whisper in their ear, uh, you're not really saved. If you were really saved, you wouldn't have done that. If you were really saved, you know, and, and he goes on. And, and, and he causes much um, trouble. Uh, discouragement and depression uh, in the life of believers with that uh, mindset. But God, the Bible teaches us here, uh, wants us to know uh, that we have salvation. One of the things that really doesn't show up uh, in the text as much uh, is that first word, no. Uh, in verse 3, when it uh, shows up there, uh, it shows up as, uh, it, it is the word, it's, it's in the present tense uh, in, in the Greek, which means uh, that the word is, uh, it, it is uh, progressive knowledge. It's gained uh, by experience. I know today uh, that I am a child of God. And, and because uh, as I go through today and I walk with God and I experience God uh, and I read his word and I fellowship with his people and I worship uh, in, in his house this morning, uh, as I uh, see the handiwork of God all around me, as I see the sun, the moon, the stars, the rain, uh, the green grass, the flowers, uh, as I see those things, as there's food on my table, as I experience God today, tomorrow I'm going to know a little bit more. I, I, I'm going to be even more sure uh, of my salvation. That's what, uh, when John uses that word, that progressive uh, experience that I know 
today that, that I'm a child of God, and because of what God, uh, my experience tomorrow, I'm going to be even more sure. I uh, wouldn't have thought that was possible, uh, but tomorrow I'm going to be even a little more sure. Tuesday I'll be a little bit more sure. Wednesday I'll be a little bit more sure, uh, is what John is saying, that we know him by experience. We're continually able uh, to know uh, that we are uh, a child of God, that we are continuing uh, that way. The second no uh, is a little different. The second no that he uses is in the perfect tense, which uh, changes a little bit uh, the actual uh, understanding. Uh, it's saying that we have come to know him uh, in a real and complete uh, manner. He says this is how uh, the, the idea of that perfect tense means that it's just constantly that we are in a, that we maintain an awareness uh, of our relationship with God. We're not in and out. You know, there's some people you may have seen this, maybe you've experienced it. Some people you talk to them today and, hey, Scott, I'm going to heaven. You talk to them tomorrow and, yeah, next day they're back going to heaven. The next day they're, you know, yeah, they're back and forth, bound friend. Now John says, I want you to know every day. I want your experience assures you and, and zeroes in on the fact in your heart, in your life, that you have a relationship uh, with God. I want you to know about that. And, uh, and any time you see the phrase knowing God in the New Testament, it's never, never is it talking about just a, a head knowledge. It's never talking about just having uh, an intellectual knowledge, but it's uh, talking about um, a, a concept of, of what we know about God, our personal relationship with God that, that grows and it's constantly uh, deepening and, and growing stronger. Uh, poor, maybe a poor analogy, uh, especially in some situations, uh, but much like a marriage relationship. Uh, from uh, wedding day to uh, 30, 40 years later, uh, there's growth in that relationship and, and, and there's a development of that relationship. That's what John is talking about here uh, in, a, in a weak way, a uh, weak analogy, but uh, of our relationship with God, that it is growing and we know, uh, again, as he says, that we know. And so the first thing John says is he says, okay, I'm going to give you a test. I'm going to give you an examination. You want to know that you know. You want to know whether or not you have a relationship with God. He says, here it is. Hereby, we know that we, uh, we know Him if we keep His commandments. The English Standard Version puts it this way. By this, we know. By what? This what? By, by what? By whether or not we keep His commandments. John says, it's a real simple test. You know, it, it's a real easy test. We know whether or not we are, uh, we know him by whether or not we keep his commandments. And it's not, you know, brain surgery. It's not whether or not, you know, you can jump over, uh, you know, a hurdle. It's not, it's very simple. He says, we know him by whether or not we keep his 
commandments. And the word uh, keep, again, uh, it's really important. Uh, this passage may be as many as any uh, to understand, and, and I hate to keep uh, making you think you're in uh, English class, uh, but it's really important to understand the tense of some of these words. Again, this word keep is a word that uh, is in the perfect tense. And what it means is, when he says, keep the commandments, it is an ongoing thing. That, it's, uh, that it, it stresses continual action. That I don't just keep his commandments today, that I keep his commandments tomorrow, and the next day, 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 and the next day. That then when he says we keep his commandments... He's not saying just on Sunday. It's not saying just when we feel like it, just when it's convenient. But that we keep His commandments in a, uh, an ongoing way. If we have a desire to obey God, we have a desire to obey God is what he's talking about. Listen, John says very simply, if you have no interest in doing what God says, you don't know him. Don't get mad at the delivery boy. I'm just telling you what John said. If you have no interest in being obedient to the word of God, he says you don't know it. If God's principles and precepts of his word have little to no importance to you, have no impact on your life, you know, I said a while ago about the red flag going up on your head, that should be a red flag. If in your life, if you can go about your life, if you can live and go through your day without any real concern about the commandments of God, the direction of God for your life, then John says you need to question whether or not you really know Him. You want a test? He says, here it is. You know, there are a lot of people who would uh, question, do you go to church? Do you do this? Do you do that? John doesn't narrow it down to one. John says, do you keep his commandments, plural, all of them? Are you obedient to the commands that God gives us? He says, if you don't, he says, then maybe you need to check up on that, that you need to uh, be obedient. Number one commandment uh, is that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the only means of salvation. That's number one commandment right there. Yeah. If you want to know if you have a relationship with God, there it is. is that, that, that's one of the ways. But uh, there are other things. He says that if we're going to know God, we have to believe in who Christ is. That, that's one of the many commandments uh, that he gives. In, uh, in verse 3, he says there are several things we can know. Here's something that's important. I want you to see in verse 3. He says, first of all, we can know that we know God. It is possible to know God. It is possible. Again, we live in a world where this morning some of you may go, well, duh. But you've got to remember, we live in a world where some would question whether or not that's even possible. John says it is possible to know God. Some in this world may think it's, you can't, or you can't be sure. No, John says it is possible to know God. Secondly, John says, not only is it possible to know there is a God, 
it is possible that you can know that you know God. You can know that you know God. There's a difference between having salvation and being assured of that salvation. That's why some Christians, many Christians today are struggling in that area. Again, I, as I said, Satan, one of his favorite tools is to cause people to doubt their salvation. John says, no, you can know that you have salvation. You can be positive of that fact. My eternal destiny is not something I want to leave to hope or to chance. I don't go to the airport and just walk in and get on any, you know, people are saying, well, all, you know, one of the options is, well, all roads lead to heaven. I don't go to the airport, look around and say, I like that plane, and get on that one and think it's going to take me where I want to go. No, I go in and I buy a ticket on a specific airline to a specific destination. I look at that ticket. It says go to gate 4A, get on flight 733 at 1030. If you want to get to your destination, you get on that plane and that airline at that gate at that time. Listen, salvation is the same way. It's not a, I don't go to the airport and say, well, I'm going to get on that airplane right there, and I hope it gets you there. It looks like a fine airplane. Yeah. No. All planes are alike. So I'm just going to get on that one. That's, you know, we, we, we treat, men tend to treat their spiritual destiny differently than they do their summer vacation. If you're going on summer vacation, you make reservations, you plan your route, you figure out how long you're going to be gone, where you're going to stay, how much it's going to cost. Man puts, many men put more thought into summer vacation than they do eternity. John says we can know that we know. We don't have to guess. We don't have to hope. Listen, that's, you know, there's a lot of things in life. Listen, I, I want to know whether I'm sick or well. I, 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 there are a lot of things. I don't leave, you know, think about it. Really and truly, there's not many things in our life that we leave as vague and as wishy-washy hopeful as we do eternity. I, some of you remember Jan Gray. I remember Jan she was in the hospital, and they came in, and Jan had, uh, had uh, a kidney transplant. And they came in with some medicine for her, and got, well, a whole pile of medicine, and wanted her to take it. And Jan got to, she says, what's that? Well, I ain't taking that. What's that? Well, I ain't taking that. You know, what's, all right, oh, okay, I'll take that one. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't, she wasn't going to leave it up to chance. She had been trained of what medicines, what she could take and couldn't take, what was good for her kidneys and bad, and, and she wasn't just going to leave it up to chance. John says, why in the world would we leave our salvation? Why in the world would we leave our eternity up to a hope, up to a guess, up to a chance? How do we know if we know God? John says, number one, do you obey God's commandments? Do you obey God's commandments? Then the exception of what he says in this next verse. 
He says in verse 4, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a lie. And the truth is not in him. That's pretty strong words. You can get punched in the nose pretty quick calling somebody a liar. That, that, that'll, that'll, you know, call somebody a liar or a thief, and that'll usually start a pretty good fight. John says, here's the reality. If you say you're a child of God, but you don't keep his commandments, you're not pulling my leg, you're not telling a little white field, you're a liar. You're a liar. He says, the truth is not in you. The one that says that he uh, does not, if he does not regularly keep the commandments of God, he says then, John says, you are a liar. Well now, that presents a problem. Some people are going to look at that and think, well, um, I don't always keep the commandments. I don't always, I, I, just yesterday, I told a lie or I coveted something. I had a problem, don't I? Well, let's think about what John's saying here. Again, John is using words, um, and so some people will take that and say, well, why bother? Why try? Others, again, get discouraged and give up um, and, and just won't uh, do that. Does that mean... I'm not a Christian. Yesterday, I covered. Yesterday, I lied. Yesterday, whatever. Does that mean um, I'm not a Christian? Well, that's not what John said. He doesn't. What, what, what he does. What he doesn't say uh, here is if you keep God's commandments perfectly and flawlessly, then you can know you are His child. The the key to understanding this passage. It is found, again, and I hate to take you back to English, and some of you are going to, you know, next week we're going to do algebra, uh, but I've got to take you back to English for a minute. Um, no, we're not doing algebra, I promise you that. If we are, one of y'all can preach. Uh, you know, uh, when they start mixing, I'm pretty good with numbers. They start mixing letters in them, I'm done. Uh, you know, uh, the, the tense of the word that he uses there, again, when he says, uh, the, it's the present tense, and he's talking about a habitual lifestyle. He's talking about uh, a habitual lifestyle. Here's the easiest way for me to, understand, uh, to, to make it clear. And I wish I'd have thought about this in time, and, and, and I would have drew, drew me a little picture. I'm, not much of, I'm almost as good at art as I am algebra. I would have drew me a little picture. But you, you've seen charts sometimes maybe of the stock market, right? Uh, or some other kind of financial thing, and there'll be a graph. What John is saying is that if you look at a Christian's life and their walk with the Lord, it should generally be trending up. You with me? You know the charts I'm talking about? Oh, there might be a dip every now and then, but generally, it started here, and generally... It's trending up. We're, we're becoming more like Christ. We're being more obedient. Generally speaking, we're keeping more of His commandments. It should not look like this. You know, it should be going this way and maybe an occasional drop, not going this way and an occasional peak. 
That, that's the simplest way I know to explain what John is talking about here. When he, the, the word that he uses, a Christian is going to have a trajectory. He's going to be, was that old song, old hymn, we've been singing old hymns this month. That old one, Marching Desire. He's going to be, he's going to be going uphill. He's going to be moving forward. Have a bad day tomorrow. May not do everything perfect tomorrow, but Tuesday, he's going to make up his mind to do a little better. And Wednesday and Thursday, his general path is going to be towards God. Notice the word that he uses there. He says we, we walk in verse 6. The idea is, is a pattern uh, of behavior. You know, if I start towards that back door back there, then there's a good chance, knowing me, that before I get to the door, I'm going to veer off and speak to Sherry or something. I'm going to go down this, and I'm going to speak to Clark before I get there. But generally speaking, I'm going to keep walking towards that door. You know, I may, you know, I may go in and out and around, and but my general path is towards that door. I'm walking towards that door. I may, you know, I, I may loop around. I, I may realize I forgot something, come back up here and get it, turn around and start over. But I'm generally walking towards that door. John says, this is how you know if you're a child of God, that you are generally, normally walking toward God. That you are becoming more like Him. That you are becoming more transformed and less conformed to this world. That you're becoming more like Christ desires you to be. That we're generally walking that way. Listen, you, you, know, you, you may have bumps along the way, but he's saying we generally, we, we, the, the tense of the word again, is that we're normally walking towards Jesus Christ. We're normally being obedient. And then he says, here's the example. Here's the example. If you have any question, he says, here it is. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, hereby know that we are in him. There is an example of an obedient man that keeps the Word of God. Again, that word keep. Is, I feel like, a, again, I don't know if this is a Greek lesson or an English lesson or what it is this morning. Is a military word. That he guards the commandments of God. That he guards the commandments. That he guards the Word of God. That it's that important to him, like a soldier standing opposed. That the Word of God matters that much in my life. It means, again, to obey God's Word, to follow God's commandments, that they are, again, the, the, all of them, every one of them, that we don't bypass any of them, that our responsibility is to obey. That's what he's saying. He says, that's the example. If you keep his Word, he said, here you are, here's a liar. Here, he says, the one that keeps his word, in him is the love of God. 
Here's the test. Here's the example of what it looks like. Here's what it should look like, that we're following the Word of God. Listen, and notice what he says. Notice the result of it. He says, and whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God. And in him, he says, the love of God is perfected. That the love of God is working. The person that obeys God, he says, that love is growing and maturing in his life. Again, it means that generally I'm headed towards that door. Generally, I'm headed towards being the man that God wants me to be. That it's the desire in my heart to be obedient. And if I don't, he says, then you are a liar. And then look at his expectation in verse 6. He that saith he abideth in him, look what he says, ought, all of us know what that word means. I don't have to take you to English class for that one. He that says uh, he abides in him, he ought himself to walk even as he walked. He whom? Jesus. He says, if you abide in the Lord, you ought to walk like he walked. You ought to walk in the same way that he walked, by his words, by his deeds. He teaches us how we conduct ourselves. How we act as believers. John says, you want a test of whether or not you know God? It's real simple. Are you obedient? How do our lives measure up? We take that test. Um, do we pattern our life after, after Christ? Do we model ourselves after Him? We, we have... <laughs> We have a messed up world where people are patterning their life or modeling their life after celebrities and movie stars and some of those knuckleheads. Listen, John says that we pattern our life after Christ. Even some pattern their life after a Bible teacher or a pastor. Don't do that. Don't do that. And thank God for good men, those who are standing up and teaching and preaching the gospel, but they're human. John says we walk like he walked. We walk like he walked. Listen, obviously other Christians can give us examples and help us along the way, but our ultimate model is not anybody else but Jesus Christ. He says, you want to know whether or not we seek to imitate Jesus in everything we do. I don't know about you, but one of the favorite things that ever would happen in a schoolroom was when we get done with an assignment and the teacher would say, okay, grade your own paper. I'm pretty sure I made an A.
Grade your own paper. That was a wonderful day. I wish you'd have told me that ahead of time, and I wouldn't even put the answers down until you started reading them off. <laughs> Grade your own paper. Swap papers with somebody near you. That wasn't too bad. You'd give it to them and say, hey, fill in my wrong answer. You know, just, just grade your own paper. Here's the truth this morning. I told you the exam. I told you the test. Do you walk according to the commandments of God? Do you walk like Jesus walked? I can't grade your paper. Your spouse can't grade your paper. Your children can't grade your paper. This morning you've got to grade your own paper. Do we walk like he walked? First test of our testimony is our walk. Is our trajectory generally moving us closer to God? I heard it put this way one time, and I like this, this little statement. It said, well, the road you're on gets you to God's house. Well, the road you're on gets you to God's house. If you're here today and I'm not grading your paper, I might have an opinion, but my opinion and a couple bucks will get you a cup of coffee. My opinion doesn't matter. It's between you and the Lord. Are you walking like he walked? You're here today, do you know him as your personal Savior? You're joining us online, do you know him? It's not a matter of, he didn't say this is how you know you know him if you go to church. If you put offering in the plate, not what he said. Not what he said. If you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, and are you walking like Jesus walked? You hear today and you say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I know I'm a child of God. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to draw one of them charts for my life. And you know what I, what I think sad reality in most Christians' life? Is it's not that their chart goes downhill. But I think sadly for many believers in their walk with the Lord, we've come to a point where it's just kind of flattened off. We're not getting any closer to God, not getting any further from God, it's just kind of flat. It's kind of staying right where we are. You know what they call a flat line at the hospital, don't you? Dead. Sadly, I think many Christians, if they were to draw their walk with the Lord, would start here at salvation, and then for a while, they were just regularly, and then it's hit a place where it's just flat line. No growth. No change, no development. Spiritual life's no deeper than it's been in the past. Aren't you tired of being there?
Aren't you tired of being in that rut? Lord, today I want to commit myself to you, and I want my trajectory. I want to be walking myself closer to you every day. Bow with me. Father, I thank you today for your word. God, for this test that you have given us. God, you've told us we can know. You told us how we can know. God, for the one that's listening this morning, here or online, who would be very honest. Who would be very honest with himself, not with me, not with anyone else, but with himself and with you. And say, I don't know Jesus Christ perfectly. I don't know him as my Savior. God, that you touch their heart and today they come and ask Christ into their life. But God, the majority of folks here this morning have made a profession of faith. They'd say that they do know you. But God, put that picture in front of them of the death of their life, of their walk with you. Has it flattened out? Have they quit growing? Are they walking like Jesus walked? God, convict their hearts. Bring us to the altar. God, that we'd recommit ourselves to you. We'll give the honor for the altar. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand in